who know me, I'm the pastor here. I've been serving here for five years, and it's uh, been a pleasure to be able to be with these guys uh, for that long. I've, they were in eighth grade when I was, became the youth pastor here, so it's been awesome to watch them grow through high school and uh, be where they're at now and where they're going. Uh, a lot of them I actually found a picture of Jace Ross as a two-year-old with me helping him at CAC, and I thought, Time has flown by, and uh, it's awesome to see where they're at now. So, uh, but this is the hardest Sunday for the uh, of the year for me to be able to um, to have to send them off and kind of commission them into um, into something different. Um, but it's also a great joy and privilege to be able to do that as a church. And um, and what we do this morning is kind of um, you know uh, rejoice in, in getting to share this time with them. But to be able to kind of push them off and to say um, you know join join our ch- whole church or go out and find a new church and find community. Um, and when I graduated from high school, someone once told me um, that we only get a certain amount of time with certain people, and then God takes us away, usually um, to find new people and to, and to invest into them and to be invested um, from them. And so um, that's what we want you guys to do, is to go out and, and to pursue, but also be pursued, uh, to go find, but also be found. Um, but I want to just take a few minutes this morning to share um, from the Word and to give you, some, you guys some scripture to think about um, and also to encourage our congregation in the, same, uh, in the same way. But let's pray before we dig into the Word. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning uh, t- for the chance to be able to gather in your name. Uh, we know that not everyone can do that, but we can. And uh, it's, a, it's, um, it's everything to us to be with people who love you and to be able to share that truth. And so, God, as we gather this morning, I pray that you would open our hearts to, um, to read this word and to um, reflect on it, and that you would shape us, and that, um, especially for our seniors this morning, that they would be encouraged deeply um, by the way that this church loves them, but more by how you love them. And I pray that they would um, uh, just share their love for you in that same way. So uh, we uh, give you this time, and I pray that you'd speak through me, and um, we give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, high school, as most of you, all of you probably know, um, except for the middle schoolers, high school is a weird place. It's a crazy place. Um, but it's interesting because you get different teachers all the time. You know, every year you get a new teacher uh, for a different class, and there's some teachers that you really like and some teachers you really don't. And uh, in it, my freshman year, I had a lot of really, really good classes, uh, really good teachers, and there was uh, one particular teacher that I loved. I absolutely loved this teacher. And then there's one teacher that I absolutely could not stand. And um, you can imagine doing homework for those classes, which one I enjoyed more, right? Doing homework for the professor, for the teacher that um, I really didn't care for, it was really difficult. Going to class was dreadful. Um, people were sleeping in his class, so it was like hard to respect him. But the teacher that I really loved, um, I wanted to do the work for. I really wanted to, um, to learn from him and gain, and gain knowledge. And, and so um, in the same way um, that out of our love for our teacher, we'll do better, uh, God asked the same thing from us. Uh, living for God and doing what he says must come out of a deep love for Jesus. And some people see Jesus as this kind of mean teacher that they don't really like who asks them to do uh, what they don't really want to do. Um, but being a true Christian, having true faith and genuine faith um, is living life for Jesus because you love him. And I think that's what Jesus is talking about this morning in this passage. Uh, we find Jesus here at the end of his ministry, and he's commissioning his church leaders um, with the same request. Um, base your faith out of your love for me. So in this last chapter in the book of John, uh, we see Jesus at the very end of his ministry on earth um, before he um, ascends into heaven. Um, and he um, is walking on the beach, and the, and the disciples see him, but they do not recognize him. And he's about to share a meal with them. And uh, a lot of you guys will probably remember the Last Supper. That's like the last meal that you kind of think about. Well, this is often referred to as the last breakfast um, so because he has uh, breakfast on the shore with them. 
Uh, but the disciples um, see him on the shore, and uh, they were fishing all night long, and, and this man calls out to them, did you catch any fish? And, and uh, they say, obviously, no. And uh, the man says, well, why don't you throw um, the nets on the other side of the boat? And so I don't know about you, but when I'm, if it's my profession or if I know what I'm doing and I'm really good at something and someone tells me something really obvious like that, I'd be pretty upset, um, more annoyed. But they did it anyways, and when they threw it on the right side of the boat, the net was so filled with fish that they couldn't even pick up the net and put it onto their boat. And at that point, that is when John realizes this is Jesus. This is our rabbi, this is our teacher, and this is the man that we follow. And then we see Peter, who's the rambunctious, rambunctious, ambitious person um, out of the 12. He jumps out of the boat and and runs after to meet Jesus and to greet him, and then the rest follow. And uh, when they get to the shore, they realize that Jesus has cooked them breakfast. Um, There's fish cooking, and he he has bread there for them. And uh, they gather around, and Jesus breaks the bread, and he breaks the fish. He eats it, and he passes it around, much like the Last Supper. And if you think about all the things that Jesus has done with these men, this would have been a very meaningful breakfast. No doubt uh, this would have brought back memories to the time, to the very time when they were, um, started following Jesus. It was on a beach after they were fishing, and um, Jesus asked them to come and share life with them, uh, him. And uh, they would probably been thinking about the miracles that he performed, especially uh, on this beach. He actually performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000. Um, so they're probably thinking about that. They probably were thinking about the Last Supper, the last time they shared a meal with Jesus. Uh, it was probably still fresh in their minds how they um, watched Jesus die not too long before that, and then how they hid themselves for three days in fear. Uh, but without a doubt, Peter, um, Peter was definitely reminded of this recent denial um, that he had towards Jesus. Um, he uh, was looking into, the story says that he was looking into a burning uh, pile of coals, and um, just days before that, while he was looking into a burning pile of coals, he had denied Jesus three times. Um, and he said, like, Jesus isn't my friend. I don't follow that guy. Um, and one time I uh, said something about my friend behind their back, and it got back to that friend. And the worst feeling in the world is having to go see that person again. And so if you can imagine Peter, after saying Jesus isn't my friend, sitting um, at breakfast while Jesus is serving him, it must have been really awkward for Peter. Uh, so we get to the point in the story where breakfast is over and uh, I'm imagining the disciples are finishing up and they're kind of chit-chatting about all the times they've shared and reminiscing about all the miracles that Jesus has done but um, I imagine Jesus uh, coming up to Peter and saying hey come take a walk with me and uh, they walk up the beach together and they have this conversation and and this conversation um, is probably the most meaningful moment for Peter um, in his entire life and I bet he went back to this um, over and over again Uh, but the conversation is about three questions And when we first read it, it seems like it's the same three questions over and over again, but they're three separate questions. They're all different from each other. And so we're going to look at all three questions, and we're going to talk about the application of that. So the first question, Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? So let's look at the first part of this. What we've noticed first is that what Jesus calls Peter isn't Peter. He calls him Simon, son of John. And I don't think Jesus did that by accident. I think that was very intentional because uh, the person that named Simon Peter was Jesus. Um, He said, you're no longer going to be a fisherman. You're um, no longer going to be called Simon, but you're going to be called Peter, which means rock. And, um, but yet he calls him Simon, uh, which is, which is not by accident. Um, I think what he was intending to do was to say, um, is 
reminding him of his old life. You were a fisherman, and your name was Simon, which moves us into the last part of the question of Simon, the son of John. Do you love me more than these? Now, this I have thought a lot about over many years, and I, I think Tom disagrees with me on this when he was in first service, and I was looking at him. I think he left angry. But um, <laughs> there's a few different interpretations of what are these. What was Jesus pointing to when he said um, these? And there, uh, one of um, some scholars think that they, he was pointing at the disciples, saying, do you love me more than you love these men? Uh, uh, other scholars say, do you love me more than you love those disciples? But the interpretation um, that I take from this is that Jesus was actually pointing at the fish. He was saying, do you love me more than being a fisherman? Do you love me more than your old life? Uh, do you love me more than the fish? And, and I would have said, well, it depends on what kind of fish. If it's salmon, it's kind of debatable. But um, he was asking, are you going to follow me or do you want to just be a fisherman again? And this is a similar question to the one he asked a few weeks earlier when he said, um, are you going to walk away like everyone else is walking away? Which John said, to whom shall we turn? You hold the words of eternal life. And Peter answers the same, same kind of response. Lord, you know that I love you. But the greatest part of this question is that the question is based off of love. In the English language, I'm sure you guys know this, there's only one word for love, and that's love. But in the Greek language, there's multiple, um, there's multiple words that mean different things. One of those is eros, which means um, love between people who are married. Um, it's, it's actually more of a scandalous word in the Greek. It's never used in the New Testament. Um, another word is phileo, which is a love between two humans, um, people who are just friends. They really care about each other. Uh, but the third word um, is agape, and this is a term that's only used, um, that's always used in the relationship between God and man. It's, it's a love that is um, the term that's the most noble form of love. And, um, and this is the word. Jesus could have used eros. He could have used um, phileo. But instead, he says, uh, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? Which is the strongest form of love. And, and Peter's answer is, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But it was a weaker form of love. Um, but um, this love is the supreme word here. And, and as love is the source um, Jesus answers him and says, Peter, feed my sheep, kind of reinstating him as his disciple. Now, in the church, we talk a lot about faith. Um, we believe that you are saved through faith alone, through grace alone. Um, but I believe that there's something more important than faith. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says that uh, there's faith, hope, and love, but the, most, um, the greatest of these is love. There will be a day when the church will no longer need faith. There will be a day when the church will no longer need hope. But love is eternal, and it's something that comes alongside our faith and is the most important part of the Christian walk. The source of the Christian walk, the way in which we gain faith, grow in our faith, and serve others is by loving Jesus. Well, let's look at the second question. Jesus says here, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He uses that same word again. And, um, but yet he leaves out the more than these, emphasizing, do you actually love me? Um, to which Simon, uh, Simon Peter says again, yes, Lord, you know that I love you with that weaker term of love. But the third question is the really interesting one. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And instead of using the word agape for love, he says phileo, which is, do you even love me like a friend? Do you even love me with an imperfect love? To which this is the part where Peter breaks down. And I imagine he was in tears and really broken because Jesus was saying a third time, do you even care about me as a friend? And I can imagine in Peter's ear ringing um, the sound of that rooster that crowed the third time he denied Jesus. And, um, 
in the grief and the shame, um, I imagine with tears in his eye, Pete, Peter could still not deny to say, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus commands him, feed my sheep. You see, even in our brokenness and our failures as believers, we cannot deny the love of our Savior. Why is Jesus always the answer in youth group? Because he is the best truth that there ever is. In fact, he's the only truth that there ever was. Um, he is the only way to know God. And the magnificent truth in that is that um, even when we fail, even when Peter failed, Jesus um, still brought him back into the Great Commission. And Jesus asks us the same question. Do you love me? We're all like Peter. We deny him. We turn our backs on him. But yet he still asks, Devin, son of, son of Sean, do you love me? Jacob, son of Scott, do you love me? Madeline, son of Matt, do you love me? He asks us that question. And that's the basis of the question that I want to send you guys out, out with. Uh, we've spent 18 years um, giving you guys good theology and trying to teach you truth and um, all the hopes of sending you out into the world. But you could be the star of your youth group. You could know everything about the Bible, like Matthew was saying. You could know all those things. Um, but if you don't have love for Jesus, it's meaningless. You see, I myself, even a pastor, um, I could have full knowledge of the gospel. I could have faith, and I could have hope, and I could um, feed the sheep. But if the source of my faith is not love, it's meaningless. Uh, Jacob said it well. He said, you seniors are going to go off, and you're going to be doctors, and you're going to be um, lawyers, maybe. Uh, you could be pilots and biologists and different things. Um, but my challenge to you is that you would do those things with the source of your um, everything being the love of Jesus. Uh, love him more than your school. Love him more than your job. Love him more than even your family. Living our lives for God must come out of love for Jesus. It is designed as a relationship, not just a religion. And if you find yourself at times being bored with church, um, there's something wrong in your heart there. Um, if you love him, you will love church. If you love him, you will love reading the Bible. If you love him, you will love to be around his people. And if you love him, you will automatically do the things that he wants you to do. And falling in love with Jesus is as simple as realizing that you need a Savior and reveling in him saving you. Senior speeches, I always say, are usually either boring, um, empty, or lacking something. And um, they're, they're things like, go out and be the best you, you can be. Go out and explore the world um, and have fun. Um, but my encouragement, I want it to have so much more depth in it. I want you guys, I plead with you guys to, to make the source of everything you do to come from the love of Jesus, your love for Jesus. Um, but before I close, I want to just make one more application, and that's the, the fact that Jesus is saying this after Peter denied him. And I think there's great application that comes out of that. Like Paul writes, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Life is all about choices, and we often make the wrong ones. But we are never too sinful, never too lost, and never too far away for Jesus to say to you, do you love me? And for you to respond, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And so that's my hope, that you will respond in that way as uh, whatever life brings you.